welcome to the Catholic Foodie Show. I'm Jeff Young, your host, the Catholic Foodie. And in just a few minutes, we're going to be joined today by Donna Marie Cooper O'Boyle. Donna Marie is a Catholic wife, mother, speaker, catechist, and EWTN host of Everyday Blessings for Catholic Moms and Catholic Moms Cafe. She's an award-winning and best-selling author of numerous Catholic books and was blessed with a 10-year friendship with Blessed Mother Teresa of Calcutta. I have to tell you, I've wanted to have Donna Marie join me here on the Catholic Foodie Show for quite some time now. And the recent release of her new book provided the perfect opportunity. The Kiss of Jesus is the name of the book, published by Ignatius Press. You know, suffering has been called the kiss of Jesus by holy souls. I think of Catherine Doherty of Madonna House and Mother Teresa of Calcutta in this context. It is the kiss of Jesus. You know, there's something intimate about that, about suffering. It can, if we allow it, bring us closer to God. And sometimes God allows it exactly for that reason. You know, we all suffer. Suffering is part of the human condition. We cannot escape it. Yet some of us suffer more than others. But no matter the amount, no matter the intensity or the duration, in the suffering, we all have an opportunity to allow the suffering to soften our hearts and to bring us closer to God. In The Kiss of Jesus, Donna Marie tells her story, the good and the bad. She doesn't shy away from the dark corners. She tells her story because she knows that so many of us are suffering. We're hurting and we're trying to make sense of it all. We're trying to find God in the midst of it. Donna Marie understands the power of stories and she shares hers knowing that doing so might just give hope to you and to me. You know, I mentioned that uh, she's an author, uh, a radio host, a television host, inspirational speaker, known and admired from coast to coast, yet with all of her public exposure, she has revealed very little about her personal history. That is until now, when she discovered that sharing her struggles actually gives encouragement and hope to others, she was persuaded to write the story of her life. And uh, you're going to hear in this story not only the, the, the good parts, but also, also the things that are uh, uh, most challenging. Everything from a, from a kidnapping to uh, uh, the loss of a pregnancy, serious illness, divorce, and single motherhood. The challenges of single motherhood, perhaps her greatest trial, as she tells the story, was an epic custody battle in which she had to both defend her reputation as a mother and the safety of her five children. But with Donna Marie, you know, through all the dark valleys, Donna Marie kept the fire of her faith burning, helping her to see the beauty of the crosses in her life. She wasn't just on her own here. Uh, you know, she, she was striving to, to rely on the presence and providence of God, but she had saintly souls who became her friends and mentors. And one of these was Blessed Mother Teresa of Calcutta who was her confidant and spiritual mother for 10 years. I'm telling you, I, I'm so excited to have Donna Marie uh, join us here on the show. Of course, I will have links in the show notes over at catholicfoodie.com for uh, the book, for Donna Marie's website, uh, where you can find more of her writings and more about her. Uh, so you can uh, you can find more information there. Again, very excited to have Donna Marie. Let's jump right into this conversation and welcome Donna Marie here to the Catholic Foodie Show. 
Well, Donna Marie, I tell you, I, I, I can't, well, I can't tell you how excited I am to have you on the show today. I've been uh, a fan uh, from a distance, I guess, uh, with, with the, what you've produced on EWTN, on, on radio, and also with the books that you have written, uh, which are quite a number of books. I think the current book right now is your 20th. Is that right? Yes, it is. And, and thank you so much for having me on your show, Jeff. Oh, it's a, it's a pleasure. I've been wanting to have you on the show for a while. I know that uh, we have a mutual friend. Her name is Mother Teresa of Calcutta. Oh, and yeah. uh, I know you've written, uh, well, this, this book that you have right now that's out, uh, The Kiss of Jesus, we'll be talking about that book uh, today. But you've also written about Mother Teresa in the past. And yeah, I may, I may have told you this uh, via email when, when I set up this interview, but I spent uh, two years in Mexico with Mother Teresa's priest. I was in formation with them. And uh, during the course of those two years, Mother Teresa came to Tijuana, Mexico uh, four times. And uh, on on one of those occasions, I think the first occasion was shortly, I'd probably only been there maybe six months. She officially uh, received me into formation with the Missionaries of Charity Fathers. And part wow. of that was an opportunity to sit down with her one-on-one in the chapel for about 20 minutes and to talk and to pray together. And uh, that has been, I got goosebumps right now thinking about it. Just an amazing yeah. experience because this was a woman who was a living saint and someone exactly. who, who really inspired me. And, and you also have a, 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 a deep friendship with Mother Teresa. Yes. Yes, I was very blessed to um, have, you know, to know her and to actually know her for about 10 years. Um, she was a spiritual mother to me. She was a friend and she was a mentor. She was just this amazing frail-looking woman, but a powerhouse of faith, hope, and love. And I was so thankful that God brought her into my life. And at the time, I had no idea why, or I, and I certainly knew I didn't deserve it, um, the amazing blessing of knowing this living saint. But uh, I accepted it, of course, and was thankful and, and just applied all that I learned from her to my life and through the thick and thin uh, and uh, the nitty gritty details of what was going on in my life at that time. And there were lots of crazy things going on and lots of strenuous things. But then later on, you know, now, um, all these years later, which is, let's see, uh, over 26, 27 years later, um, or a little more, uh, now I can look back and, and, and really thank God even more for those blessings because I believe that he wants me to share those blessings through all of my talks, through my TV shows and radio shows and all of my writings because I can't help but share, you know, this beautiful saint and Father Hardin, who, whom mm. I considered a living saint, who was my director at the time and who actually um, sort of in a roundabout way introduced me to Mother Teresa. Um, so these saints that were in my life, I'm just so thankful for, but I don't want to hog those blessings. I don't want to keep them to my own heart. I, I really feel so compelled and, and so passionate about sharing all of this with with others, you know, actually ultimately with the world through through these books and this book right now, The Kiss of Jesus. So that's why I share, you know, to, to so that others can receive those blessings and learn from these amazing saints. And, and, and speaking of this, uh, the, the book, the new book that's out, uh, The Kiss of Jesus, it's your 20th book, um, and, and it's a little bit different than, than what you've written about before. Can you uh, tell us a little bit about the book? 
Sure. And it's a lot different, actually, Jeff, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> you're, yeah, so for the past 10 years, I, I was writing a lot of books on the faith and to try to teach and inspire and, and affirm and encourage, and especially the women in the trenches, the moms in the trenches, and to, to give them that encouragement and that pat on the back that they need, that they're not getting out there in, in the world and to remind them of their God-given dignity, you know. So I'm all about that in my ministry to families, and that has unfolded over the years. And, and But now, you know, I feel it came a time where I needed to share more of myself with others. I, I was sharing with all of my heart and soul, but I'm sharing more in that I'm, I'm revealing the dark corners and the dark shadows and the pain and the struggle and the crazy crooked path that God needs straight. And these were things that I had never revealed before. And these were things that came out in this book. And, you know, the real reason for doing that is not to say, wow, you know, look at what I went through. I suffered. Poor me. Not at all. It's to say, I've suffered, yes, I have, and it, and it was awful, but God gave me the grace to get through it, and you can too. Mm-hmm. In your struggles, you can too. You know, don't stop praying. Keep reaching your heart up in prayer. So the whole purpose of this book is to inspire hope in others, to hopefully offer a huge dose of hope and and offer courage and strength and an inspiration, you know, to stir the soul of the people who read it so that they can realize that I'm not alone. I, I felt alone before, but I, I'm not alone because even Donna Marie, who I see on EWTN and she looks like she has it together or she looks like maybe she has a little bit of a pampered life even. I don't know, but well, I like her message and I like her, but you know, I didn't know that she suffered like this. Right. And so that helps a lot of people. One woman told me recently that after reading my book, she said it, it, it impacted my life so much and came at the exact time I needed it. And now I do not feel alone anymore. Oh, wow. I mean, just one testimony like that, just one is enough. You know, I'm so thankful to God that, that it had that effect on that woman. But I'm hearing from so many people that they've, they've uh, received help in reading the book with their own wounds because so many people have deep wounds from, right. from um, a, a rough life, you know. It's, it's, it's rough in the world today, as you know. Show. We're talking today with Donna Marie Cooper O'Boyle about her new book, The Kiss of Jesus. And let's get right back to that conversation. That's, and, and I'm going to have to ask you a selfish question too. <laughs> you know, the, um, you know, I guess the question is like, you know, really, how, how did you know it was time for this memoir? Because, you know, like my work with the Catholic Foodie, and you, you just said it, you know, most, if not all of your work to date has really been, you know, more on the positive, it's it's about inspiring and encouraging people and, and helping them in their in their lives of, of faith and their spiritual lives. You know, it's it's to work and encourage others. And uh, you know, I, I too have thought about sharing some of the the struggles that I've had, the difficult times that I've had in my life, um, because I look around and I see you know so many people who are 
desperately searching for a reason to hope. And and my thought has always been perhaps my story uh, can help others. Yet I find it difficult to do because I believe almost that my audience expects uh, that positive approach to faith and life. Do, do you know what I'm saying? Is, is that something that you experience as well in trying to come to the decision of whether it was not a uh, time right now for this story yes, or I, whether I to share some it? of what you said? Oh, oh, did you say the last part of it was um, that you find it difficult um, sometimes in sharing because you think that the people are expecting something different? Yes. I couldn't really hear it. Yes, is that's that correct. Um, well, I don't think we should worry about or be concerned about what we think people are expecting because we always need to be honest and open. And, you know, I think it, it also happens in God's timing when we want, you know, when we want that, when we pray and we ask for his timing. So I like to let him be in charge and I try to be sensitive to that and and to, you know, ask him to let it unfold. And so... When it does, and when it did, you know, I, I, I felt strongly that now's the time. Um, I, a few people had encouraged me, you know, a couple of publishers had asked me when I'm going to write my story. But I write in the preface of this book, some, one, of the, um, one of the experiences I uh, had in, you know, in learning that, yes, it, it's so good to share the struggles, um, you know, because like you said, you you don't know how much you should share or if you should share, or if you should just, you know, continue in the teaching role, um, sharing the faith in that way and, you know, let our Lord do the work and not worry about, you know, the mm. other stuff that happened before. But I learned that it's important to share that because, like we were saying, there's so many wounded people. There's so many people who are wounded, and the only way they could come out of that is to, to trust the person that you know speaking with them or trying to help them trust that they know what that pain is like. So, in the preface of my book, I I uh, talk about this uh, young single mom of uh, a boy. Her uh, she was talking to me about how she was kind of worn down because. Um, you know, it was tough. She wasn't getting the support that she needed, and she was just, she just needed someone to talk with. She knew she could trust me at that point. Um, I wasn't. She didn't know that I had been a single mother, but she had heard me speak at a conference, and she was giving me a ride to another conference, and we had been in communication for a while, and so I knew that it would. You know, she asked if she could drive me, and I knew I could trust her, mm-hmm. and uh, so. She wanted to have this nice conversation, and she and we did. We had a wonderful talk, but then she told me, you know, what was bothering her, and I decided right then that I should share with her that I had been a single mother to five children, wow. and that God had given me the grace to get through it and to see the joy in it, and even through the difficulties, to you know, that I got through it. And she was so excited, and... <laughs> She almost swerved off the road is what I wrote in the preface. <laughs> she was so happy to know that, what you know, wow, you got through that. Because she was shocked, actually. She was shocked to know that I had had that kind of life. Right. She didn't know I had been a single mother. She goes, oh, my gosh, Donna Marie, if you can do it, I can do it, too. Mm. And it gave her so much hope. So that's my whole reason in sharing these crazy things. Some of the readers will see so reading this book that some crazy things happened to me that I look back and could hardly believe myself. Um, but it's my life. This is my yeah. life. And 
and I want to be, you know, totally open, be an open book so that others can can see their own struggles and and realize that, you know, God is always there. God is always there, but sometimes he allows certain sufferings so that we can draw closer to him and so that we could pray that he could sanctify those sufferings and help us with grace and help our family members and those around us. So there's Catholics look at suffering in a different way than maybe some other religions, but it's so important to not waste our suffering, to, to offer it to our Lord and ask Him, because He's the divine physician, and He knows exactly what we need and right. when we need it. If we got our way all the time, we'd be like <laughs> children, you know, just, uh, and, and would we make it to heaven? I don't know. Uh-huh. I don't know about that, because we would be wanting all of these pampered kind of things, and... Our Lord knows we need to to feel that cross and also right. we're instructed by him to carry our crosses, to pick up our cross and to carry it and yeah. to follow him. Wow. You know, writing about the past with um, such honesty really does have a cost. Yeah, I think I think both in the reliving uh, possibly of, of yeah. painful memories, but also, you know, finally having those memories brought out into the open, you know, where, where you have an audience, you have other people who, who see this and, and who know this stuff too. But has this experience uh, for you been redemptive in some ways? I'm sure it has. Uh, I'm sure that I haven't even experienced all of that yet, but I did experience some of that in the writing of the book because... Um, you know, some parts of my life were so scary and so traumatic that makes me shake just to think about, you know, it used mm. to make me shake to think about it. And and in writing it, uh, you know, it gave me the jitters too. It's like, oh my gosh, this is, you know, horrible. It's really like post-traumatic stress syndrome right. to revisit something that is so horrible, um, some abuse that was just unbelievable and that was kept in the dark for all these years. So when you think about it, Jeff, not only was it hard to revisit certain areas of my life and to retell them, it was very redemptive too and very liberating, but it also was difficult in the regard of um, revealing things that were left in the dark, Mm. bringing them to the light. And you know who, as I call the evil one, I don't like to dwell on (laughs) the, you know, that power or whatever, because I, I I give all glory to God. And I think it's better to say, you know, who I think your listeners and I think, you know, who I'm talking about. I do. I do. (laughs) Yep. So, you know, who would rather those things do not come out of dark corners, would rather those things remain in the dark. And so that, you know, when things are in the dark, uh, it's so much easier when things are in the light for, for God. God to work his miracles. Mm. I mean, God could work his miracles any place, but it's important to bring things to light. So part of writing this book was revealing things that had been done behind closed doors or had been done in the dark type thing. So that, that was another, um, difficulty. It wasn't difficult in that I wasn't going to do it or that I hesitated anyway, but it was difficult to go through that experience Mm -hmm. of like, wow, this is really kind of scary. And I just have to totally depend on our Lord and surrender my will to him wholeheartedly because this is, this is scary stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, is it, did you have to do anything in particular to prepare yourself and, and perhaps even others, um, for that experience of bringing these things out into the light? 
Well, that's a good question, Jeff. Um, well, I, you know, I spoke with my family in advance and got their, you know, approval um, to write my story. Um, mostly it was um, prayer. It was just, you know, going before our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament, uh, quiet time in my own domestic church, just offering my heart constantly for his will, for what he wanted, and uh, all the way through writing, just praying and praying and praying and asking very holy people that I know uh, to pray and to offer uh, for me while I was doing it. And um, I'm very fortunate that a couple of very holy priests that I know um, were saying masses for me as well. Mm, wow throughout the process because there were some things that were going on that were difficult and um, with all of that prayer power, it was just amazing. You know, I, I couldn't help, but, you know, I mean, of course you, you've got the book, you had that reference to mother Teresa and I've, uh, you know, knowing your story with mother Teresa, I couldn't help, but notice perhaps some sort of parallel between you sharing your story, you know, the good and the difficult parts and what was revealed about Mother Teresa's story after her death. You know, um, the world saw Mother Teresa as a saint before her death. I mean, she was a living saint and everyone knew of her deep faith and love. And yet only a precious few knew the depth of the darkness that she experienced in her life. Uh, mm -hmm. After she died, you know, we, we got the, 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 with her cause and all the, the journals that she had kept and the, the stories uh, uh, that, that came out about the darkness that she experienced, or I guess what some people could term depression or whatever. Um, did, did her story give you the strength to share your own story? Um, no, she, she gave me the strength in what I knew about her and what I experienced about her and our beautiful relationship that we had, but I would never even in a million years compare myself or, you know, to her journey, but, and, and I had, so it didn't enter my mind that, oh, she told about her life. It, well, she didn't really want it to be public. She, right. Those were letters that were shared after her death that she asked to be destroyed right, right. for her death. So she didn't want any part of revealing, um, you know, not that she didn't want people to know she struggled because she was, she was very open and honest, but she was, she was very intimate in her mm. conversations with our Lord. And that was between her and her confessor. Right, you know, so. Right. She didn't expect it to go worldwide, but with my own story, of course, I left a lot out of my story too, in that, I mean, some people might not like to hear that. They think, well, why didn't you tell us the whole thing? Because <laughs> some things are reserved for the other side of heaven, you know, right. so the other side of this world. Some, some things are, are not meant to be, um, spoken and, and talked about, you know, our, our personal prayer lives, you know, we can say some, to a certain extent, we share to help others, to help them to know that, yes, I did receive beautiful um, grace, you know, in my prayers before Jesus and the Blessed Sacrament, or yes, I retreated to prayer and I asked our Lord to help me. So all those kinds of things. But, you know, we, we don't say everything because it's personal and we don't want to draw attention to us. We want to draw attention right. to our Lord and give glory to him. So in that way, maybe there's a little similarity um, between Mother Teresa and I that I didn't want to, you know, have it about me. Like she didn't even like to have pictures taken of herself. She made a deal with God that, okay, if you're going to take the pictures, every picture, I would would hope and pray that you'll release a soul from purgatory. Hey, I like that. That's great. I know. So, 
So yeah, so she, but in general, um, having her in my life and um, just that wisdom that she imparted to me, you know, must have had an effect on my heart and soul to later on be able to, to share my story because she's a lot, uh, she's a big part of my story, you know, she's a big part of um, my life and I'm very thankful that she, she was there and prayed me through some difficult times. We need to take a quick break. You are listening to The Catholic Foodie Show on Breadbox Media. I'm Jeff Young, your host, The Catholic Foodie. Don't go away. We'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back to The Catholic Foodie Show. We're talking today with Donna Marie Cooper O'Boyle about her new book, The Kiss of Jesus. And let's get right back to that conversation. Uh, you know, we've, we've talked already about the fact that, uh, you know, the, the book, The Kiss of Jesus, uh, you write about a lot of the suffering that, that you went through in your life, you've gone through in your life up to this point. And some, some of it uh, tragic, some of it uh, just really, really intense. You know, in the, in the midst of the suffering, it seems like you, you never really lost faith. Uh, but did you experience times of doubt? Uh, I mean, specifically like doubt of God's love and God's care. Um, were there periods of like the, the, the dark night of the soul? Well, I think there was the dark night there in many, many instances. Um, and I, I might have yet to, to experience maybe later on a, a doubt, you know, the doubts, but what I experienced was intense darkness of in silence from God at times. Um, but by the grace of God, my heart kept stretching up to reach his, my heart kept praying and asking and begging. So I don't think, uh, doubt entered at this, this point in my life because, um, I always had that hope that even though I don't feel him, see him, know where he is, you know, what's going on, how I'll get through this. God is there. God is there somewhere. He is, and he has a plan, and I don't know what it is, but please, Lord, help me. Help my children, help my family. You know, so it was a constant reaching up. So I don't think doubt entered the picture, but there were many, many times when I didn't know what would happen, how I would get to the next day, how I would get to the next minute uh, when I was held captive by the man with the machine gun. Um, So, you know, just reaching our hearts up and asking and praying and, and, and just knowing that our Lord is not going to turn his ear, you know, he's not going to turn away from a sincere, loving prayer. He's always going to listen to our prayers. They might not be answered in the way that we expected. And that's, that's, you know, something we have to learn is that, um, especially if we want what God wants, that he knows what's best. He knows exactly what we need and when we need it. And if we surrender our hearts to him, we want what he wants. So we, you know, it's not like we're going to say, like, for instance, one thing that happened to me, I was on complete bed rest during a pregnancy because I had a heart condition, a heart condition and a hemorrhage uterus. And I had to be completely on bed rest for almost nine months. Wow. And I had four other children in the house. And, and so, 
you know, I wasn't, I didn't mind doing that because I needed to preserve the life of my baby. Of course, I wanted to do everything I want, you know, to save that baby if it was possible because the doctor said it it might not be and it probably is not going to be possible. But um, the point I'm trying to make is that would I have said ahead of that pregnancy, yeah, I want to grow in holiness. I've been praying about that and I've been trying to get closer to our Lord and trying to do what he wants. So why don't I just give myself this this cross and be in bed for nine months and right. not be able to take from my other kids the right way um, and just, you know, I'll do it this way. I don't think I would have chosen that, but our Lord allowed me to have that happen to me and he brought so much good out of it. Not only did my baby survive and she's 24 years old today, beautiful, beautiful young woman named Mary Catherine. <laughs> Anne, you know, Mary after the mother of God, Catherine after Catherine Labore and uh, St. Catherine of Siena, and Anne, you know, Mary's mom. So she she survived, I survived, and during that pregnancy was when I wrote my first book. I didn't Mm. plan to write a book. It just poured out of my heart. So if I hadn't been kept still for all that time, would I have had the time to write when I had four other children, I'm running around all these soccer practices and basketball games and all these things, but for that nine months of my life, while I prayed for that baby, and the first book that came out of me, which was not the first one that got published, but the first book that came out of me during that pregnancy was called, is called Prayerfully Expecting a Nine-Month oh, wow. Novena for Mothers-to-Be. Mm. And who would write the foreword? Mother Teresa. <laughs> That's now, beautiful. Did I plan this? No, wow. I did not plan this, but I wanted what God wanted. And I'm not saying I'm perfect in my prayer life and I wanted what God wanted, so he gave it to me. I'm just using that as an example that we we just should trust our Lord for how he wants our life to go because even when you're put still for that long or even when you have some kind of debilitating illness or something, he, he can use that suffering when we offer it to him lovingly. He can bring a lot of good out of it. And that that's the thing. I think that's one of the, uh, I mean, a really big challenge. I know it's been a challenge in my own life, you know, that oftentimes, you know, I may want to do the holy thing. I may want to do the great thing, the good thing or whatever, but oftentimes the best thing that I could do is simply to accept Yes. what God has put right here in my life at this moment. Right. Uh, Cause that can be such a, um, when I'm, when I'm not accepting, when I'm, when I'm fighting it, it causes <laughs> all kinds of uh, extra pain and suffering uh, because I'm usually fighting against other people, <laughs> you know, right. uh, and yeah. there's disturbance in my own soul. And so I bring that into the, into the home, into the family. Uh, yeah. And, and, and it, it seems to be such a simple concept, a simple thing to do to simply accept what God has in our lives at this moment, but it's not always easy. It's one of the most difficult things to do, Jeff. So you you explain that so beautifully, how it seems to be a simple concept and you know it, you know, you know, okay, you look back on it and say, oh, you know, it would be good to just allow our Lord to work in my heart at this moment instead of fighting against it. So what we have to do is learn from our mistakes. You know, when we see we've, we've fought against it or, you know, didn't go along with the way it was supposed to go and it caused discord or, you know, some sort of trouble. Um, so let's try. And, you know, 
prayer can become a habit, not, not a bad habit. I mean, we can we can form good habits of prayer, and we could pray for graces. So we could try to even help ourselves along by saying to ourselves, well, the next time something happens that is not comfortable and that I don't like, and, you know, it's human nature to recoil from that. It's human nature to want to say, no, thank you. Let me just pause. Tell yourself that. Let me just pause. And then in that pause moment, that pause second, you know, Lord, please help me. Lord, please give me your grace because I don't really want to do this, but you know what's right, and I'm going to give my heart to you fully right now. So we just, we can try hard that in that, you know, develop those uh, virtuous muscles, you know, and, and, and take that moment and, and just offer it, and then we'll have a different outcome. So we can learn. We can learn to pray better, and we can we can try our best to to do better next time. And that and that's something that that happens day by day. Um, yeah. You know, you know, if you're like me, you want it to be done yesterday. You know, I want to be mm-hmm. I want to be better yesterday. <laughs> but uh, and it is it is something that uh, that that you have to do day by day. I know I I do. I see that and I strive to do the, the pause. I love that word, the pause, because it, yeah. to me, it is at stopping and kind of breathing and just becoming present, like right now, you know, in right. this moment to become present, because that's the only place that I can really encounter God is right exactly. now. I can't do it in the future or the past, just right now. That's, hey, and that's right. It's hard to do because our, our, the world is so fast paced today. And that's one of the things that I, I hear a lot, uh, talk, you know, the Catholic foodie, it's about inspiring and encouraging families to get in the kitchen, get back around the table and, and how meals, you know, bring people together and how we can really kind of take advantage of that. But I, time and yeah. again, I hear the story from busy mothers and fathers who right. they say, I see that, I see the importance of it, but how in the world do I get from point A to point B? Because right. I'm being pulled in too many different directions, so I love that the 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 power of the pause to really just stop. Yes, I like that power of the pause, and we have to uh, sometimes force it. Sometimes, um, like a parent has to to create those parameters for the family because if they're letting the the nighttime activities take over their family time completely, then they've just given in to all kinds of fast food rather than the nice slow food right. and, and time around the dinner table. They're running around. You know, if more parents would speak to the sports people and, uh, you know, try to keep things down to a dull roar and not have all these practices like every single night of the week and Sundays and, you know, to, to keep it to a dull roar. And yes, you want your child well-rounded, but you can't be doing every single thing out of the home that you don't have a home life anymore. And before you know it, they're grown and out of the house. (laughs) We want to, you know, have that time with them and help establish those memories and traditions and say our prayers together. So to, to think, to pause, to try to pause. And then as a parent, to um, make sure that your kids aren't just, you know, farmed out all over the place or that you, they're not running out all over the place and that you never have them under your roof. That's right. And it, it's a, it is a constant battle. I know we've got uh, three teenagers yeah. and they keep us very busy. And then we have a, a four and a half month old. <laughs> <laughs> so we're starting yeah. over again, you know. Beautiful. <laughs> which is wow, which is awesome. young. <laughs> I hope so. Hey, that's, that's not, no pun <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> yeah, that's it's it's beautiful. It's beautiful to this go round to to see. Like I can appreciate things so much 
better, so much uh, more deeply this go round because, you know, when we were having babies originally and we were younger and stressed out and trying to, yeah. you know, make ends meet and, and all these things. And, and we've got a little more maturity and a little more, uh, I guess, establishment or established uh, as far as like day-to-day living goes. And so I'm able to right. really appreciate that a lot more now. But we need to take a quick break. You are listening to The Catholic Foodie Show on Breadbox Media. I'm Jeff Young, your host, The Catholic Foodie. Don't go away. We'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back to the Catholic Foodie Show. We're talking today with Donna Marie Cooper O'Boyle about her new book, The Kiss of Jesus. And let's get right back to that conversation. I want to practice this. I want to practice this uh, right now, this kind of being open and and honest. And I want to do this in the context of talking about consolation or lifelines, maybe, you know, like, like what, what were your lifelines? And, and I'll do it in the context of sharing with you something that I really don't ever talk about. Um, but a number of years ago, a number of years ago, I was diagnosed, uh, with depression. And this was something that for a period of time, for probably three or four years, I, I had to go through, you know, I was receiving, um, uh, what do you call it? Treatment for, uh, for depression. And right. it was a very difficult time in my life. And I, I, I remember distinctly, uh, because I've always been strong in, in my faith or, or wanting to be strong in my faith and living my faith. This is, you know, after I had been married. And uh, I remember times when, because of depression, you, you tend to be very isolated, feel very isolated and very alone and very dark and very um, uh, what depressed, right? And uh, I yeah. remember distinctly times of going to Mass on Sundays, it's where our children were smaller. And so sometimes my wife and I would have to go to different masses and I would feel so bad about myself that I couldn't, I couldn't even walk into the church. So I'd go to mass, but I would sit on the steps outside. And it's like, I, I, I believe that God loved everybody, right? Uh, During that period of depression, I believe that I knew that. And I Mm -hmm. knew that he probably loved me. But I, uh, yeah. I I couldn't make that connection. Like I couldn't feel the connection. Uh-huh. And so for me, a lifeline would be something like I had other people in my life who, who loved me no matter how bad I felt. And so yeah. it gave me a very tangible way of maybe looking at God and saying that, you know, no matter how bad I feel and how dark things are, God is is here. It, when you look back at the, the suffering in your life, at, at those uh, events in your life, are there certain lifelines you could point to? Are there certain, uh, is the word consolation, it, it was the one that came to me at first, but I'm thinking maybe lifelines might be the best. Do you know what I'm getting at here? Do, is there something that you could point to and say that, that really did help me stay connected? Hmm. Uh, I, yeah, if I had time to think a little bit about it since it's, you know, looking back at my life and it's hard to, to come up with an answer like instantly, but possibly it could have been, um, you know, the parish, uh, at Thanksgiving and Christmas would, uh, help with, you know, a meal, um, when I was a single mother and at Christmas, some gifts, you know, for the kids. And that, that was a, that was nice. And that was, you know, comforting. And it made me feel uh, loved and cared for from the Catholic community. 
So, I mean, that was something on on that level. Um, something maybe at a deeper level I have to think about, like, um, you know, my life lined with Father Hardin and Mother Teresa that came into my life, you know, years and years after experiencing a lot of the, the trauma and um, pain and suffering, but Mother Teresa was right there and Father Hardin for the most part uh, during one of the intense, very, very intense trials, uh, which was the custody battle. Mm. And um, so they were there as far as praying for me and, and guiding me. So they were lifelines for sure. And I saw them as... Um, you know, living saints. So I really believed in their holiness and and knew that they were many times kind of speaking on behalf of Jesus, you know, just really speaking to the Jesus in me, you know, the Matthew, Gospel of Matthew, whatever you do to the least of my brothers, you do to me. And that's, um, that's how I try to live my life. You know, Mother Teresa embraced that. And so I think, you know, they were definitely lifelines for me. You know, well, Donna and so, Marie. You know, not everybody has a father heart in our mother Teresa in their life, and that's why I really feel passionate about sharing those beautiful lives with with so many people, just complete strangers, and in all of my writings, you know, um, and talks and appearances and in TV and radio, you know, to share them, to make them come alive again, you know, in in you know, in and throughout the ministry. Yes. You know, Donna Marie, if there was, uh, if there's someone right now listening to us talking, uh, someone who um, who's suffering greatly right now, what would you want to say to uh, to him or to her to to offer them hope? Oh, well, if I were right in front of them, you know, where I could, I, I would like to be right with them, and, and not just over the phone or the radio, but you know, even if it's through through a phone or something because I, I have had very intimate conversations with people on the other side of the world who have reached out to me who are on the brink of suicide. And I would want to say to them, I love you. I love you. God loves you. You know, there's so much more in life and our Lord is going to see you through this. Don't give up. You know, keep reaching your heart up in prayer. And if you haven't tried that already, give it a try because you're going to feel a lot better if you, you would reach out to God. And he, he loves you and he's not going to let you go. You know, I think it's so important to, to offer Jesus' love through us to the other, you know, and just pray for them with all our heart and offer that love because I've seen miracles happen mm-hmm. with Christ's love. It's just amazing. And that's what he wants us to be. He wants us to be his hands and feet. He wants us to... Let him live through us to touch that other one. So all of the people that are around us, in our families, in our homes, in our communities, you know, he wants us to go out to them. And I love what Mother Teresa had said. It's far easier to serve a dish of rice to someone on the other side of the world than it is to serve that dish of rice in your own home. That's right. So if you think about that, you know, that dish of rice being love, you know, like going out and serving someone in ministry over on the other side of the world or sending your check because you want to help and you feel good, you know, you're glad mm. you help. Can you do that same thing? Can you give that sincere love to that toddler who's running circles around you or that grumpy spouse <laughs> or that neighbor who just gave you the finger for no, <laughs> nobody knows why or that, you know, 
whoever it is, somebody who's belittling your Christianity or that person just is so mean to you. Yeah. Are we showing, are we giving them that dish of rice, that dish of love, you know? So our Lord is asking us to do that right where we are. We don't have to run over the other side of the world or run over to Calcutta to find the work to do because it's right in our own, even if you're stuck in your house, you know, it's right there in your own home. If you can't get out, you're taking care of your children, your elderly parents, or you feel like, oh, I can't get out and do my evangelization. Well, God will bring the people to you. They're either living with you or they're going to come to your door as a delivery man <laughs> because I've had so many beautiful encounters with the people who come to my house. And just, you know, our Lord works. Our Lord works all the time. He's just asking us to, to roll up our sleeves. Or it could even be a, a wrong number, huh? Yes. Why did you read that on my blog? <laughs> I did. <laughs> that was so beautiful. Oh, you, you made me think that you just came up with that. <laughs> That's no. right. He'll even, yeah. you know, he'll even let somebody call you by mistake. And he he works everything out if we can just offer our hearts to him. And, you know, just to love, just to love with his love freely. And uh, he works the miracles. He doesn't need us to do anything, but... He loves it when we can offer his, you know, offer him our hearts so that he mm. can use us all over the place. That's right. That's right. Well, Donna Marie, thank you so much for joining me today on the Catholic Foodie Show. It's been such a pleasure. The Kiss of Jesus uh, by Ignatius Press. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Jeff. It's been wonderful being with you. You heard him? You could not ask for a more noble cause than that. Sonny, true love is the greatest thing in the world. Except for nice MLT, mutton, lettuce, and tomato sandwich when the mutton is nice and lean and the tomatoes ripe. They're so perky. I love that. thank Donna Marie again for joining me here on the Catholic Foodie Show. What a pleasure. What a delight it was. You can find out more about Donna, uh, Donna Marie, and uh, the books that she has written in the new book as well, The Kiss of Jesus, at DonnaCooperOboyle.com. Of course, I will have links in the show notes over at CatholicFoodie.com. So you don't have to worry about writing down uh, those links. Uh, just go to CatholicFoodie.com. You can find the uh, uh, the links there. Uh, I'll also, uh, you know, this is uh, this show is released as a podcast after the fact. So if you missed it on Breadbox Media, you can catch it over at CatholicFoodie.com. Also, uh, I want to encourage you um, to, to leave voice feedback. If you have questions, thoughts, uh, observations about food and faith, perhaps what you're cooking in your kitchen today, uh, you can always give me a call. I love voice feedback. You can reach me at 985-635-4974, 985-635-4974. I love playing voice feedback here on the show. It's a way for you to become part of the show. Uh, that's just a, a voice feedback line. You can call it anytime, day or night, and leave a message, a voice message that I can play here on the show. Always a lot of fun. Uh, we are, uh, believe it or not, we are entering into probably one of my favorite times of the year. This is uh, Halloween and All Saints Day. Uh, I love uh, the, the month of October. I love the month of November, praying for the holy souls in purgatory. And then leading up to the Feast of Christ the King and uh, the start of a new church year in Advent. Uh, exciting times. I love the fall. 
fall weather gets a little cool down here finally hopefully at some point <laughs> here in south louisiana uh and uh, it may be getting chilly where you are too anyway blessings to you and to your family and until next time bon appetit